Shalom Alekim. Erev Tov, Boker Tov. Is there any Boker Tovs on the Aliyah today? Because, you know, it's Erev Tov here, but it's probably Boker Tov somewhere because we're global like that, you know. So, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Aliyah Day. We are in the fourth reading. Oh, my word. So, like, I got one more day with y'all. And I'm kind of feeling the, the bittersweetness of, like, wow, it's been so fun. So, shalom to everyone in the chat window. I'm loving seeing all of your faces. Well, some of you don't have faces because you have just the uh, the color, the generic avatar, shall we say. But you know what? It's all good because your name is representing your essence, and I get to see that, and it's legit. So... I want to start off with some dessert today because I'm a dessert first kind of person. I don't know about you. There's an interesting thing that happened. I'm thinking Parsha Korak all week. The first thing on my mind, I'm still blue screened from yesterday, knowing that Korak, who carried the Ark, prominent member of the Levitical tribe, died and went to Gehenna. Like, just gone. Not only he, but two members from the tribe of Reuben and 250 of the most prominent people of the nation of Israel, not to mention some of those people were on the Sanhedrin. So just thinking about those level of people dying and going to Gehenna, them, their household and their families, I'm still just incoherent uh concussion grenade like to the ear can't really focus function that's a lot to take and to add to that how big Gehenna is there's a source that i will bezrat hashem post on uh, miwi does anybody use miwi it's a really wonderful platform social media wise but i'm going to post it on there but there are three portals uh that enter you into Gehenna. one is in the sea and one is in the wilderness, and I forget where the other one is, but I bring that up is because Korak and his sons were down there in the pit, and Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer has a wonderful account of Yonah, yes, Jonah the prophet who didn't want to go to Nineveh, uh, where he got swallowed by that big old fish, and uh, that fish took him all the way down to the depths. And actually entered through that portal in the sea to go to Gehenna. And there he saw the Leviathan. But before that, they saw the uh, the sons of Korah. Korah and his sons uh, worshiping and praising Hashem. Which Lessons of the Jews brings down that there was a pillar of fire that came up from the depths. That the sons of Korah were uh, covered on that kept them safe from all the other part of Gehenna so that they were able to sing their praises. And remember, they were there for 38 years. But anyway, uh, so Yonah said, you know what, if Big Fish, listen, I will save you from the Leviathan if you'll just bring me back. I'm so sorry I didn't listen to Shem. Like, it's a really, really beautiful story. I'm butchering it, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that I'm still kind of because of Gehenna. How big it is, there's portals to it. Uh, Yonah went there, Korak and his sons went there. You know, you think people are saved, you think their hearts are for God, and then no, they're in Gehenna. And you're like, 
I don't know what to do. Am I sure about my own salvation, right? But that's the thing. We talked yesterday that we need to make sure that our teshuva is real. It needs to be all the way real, as real as Rabbi Griffin's shlita, Aliyah Day. It gets so real. Like when he starts just teaching, he just speaks, and you're just like, whoa, man. Could you take the realness bar like down just a little bit? Why you got to be on 11? But anyway, so I'm going to work with this on my mind. And people at work are disgruntled and they're like arguing amongst themselves. And then like trying to backbite one another. And I'm like, oh, no, this is like Parsha Korak. Like, seriously? So I said, you know what, guys? What's going on? What's the dealio? Fix it. You know, right? So... There's this whole thing where they one or two or a bunch of individuals, basically. I was going to count them out, but we don't have time for that. They basically wanted to punish each other for uh, slacking on the job because of mistakes. Literally honest mistakes. And I was like, are you sure you want to do that? Can we not just support each other? Like if you see something, someone accidentally left behind... Could you just pick it up for them? And and I work at an, uh, a medical warehouse, so I'm like, just put it on the conveyor belt because the customer needs the product because we kind of have lots of medical stuff going on in the world. I don't know about you, but I'm just like, can we just come on now? You know, and they're like, no, no, they need it. They need to they need some um, uh, consequences. And I'm like, don't don't do this. Please don't do this. You know, and they're like, no, we need to do it. I'm like, OK, fine. So I'm like, all right. So basically, uh, the system of consequence got put into place. The very people who were the accusers, who wanted to do the punishment, not even five minutes after the consequence policies dropped, they were getting paged to come to the manager's office. And I just was like, oh my gosh. You know, because Korok... The very person who wanted to be on top of the world completely got put on the bottom, if not lower than the world. You know what I'm saying? So it was just kind of a lesson to me that, you know, we really need to look out for each other. So when that happened, I'm just kind of, whoa, and I'm still thinking about the Gehenna thing. So I pick out two co-workers who I normally share Torah stuff with. You know, they're not Jewish yet. But I'm like, you know what? Listen, guys, don't you think it's really weird that someone who is a Levitical tribe member, probably on the upper echelon of the Levitical tribe, they carried the ark, which not many people can even look at the ark and live. But that's another story for another time. So, so this person, cousin of Moses, thought he could do better. He ended up going to hell. They looked at me like, where is that in the Bible? I said, Numbers chapter 17. And they were like, well, I had trouble getting through the first part of Numbers because of all the senses. And I was like, yeah, so just keep reading and you'll see this. Now, I can't remember what the first person said because I, I blue screened because I was just like, what? Like he actually had a response, a comeback that was like beautiful. The second person, like, boom, same thing. I was actually able to remember his Baruch Hashem. So I want to share this. Because this goes for all of the Pied Legion. He said, so it's really not about being the best. It's really about 
whatever team that you're on, that you're all working together and that you're all doing the best you can and you're pushing each other to do the best that they can so that the whole community can excel and go forth. I I wanted to just clock out and just go sit in my car, but I have to work a full-time schedule. But I didn't know what to do. So I asked this person what kind of ice cream they wanted and what flavor. Because, you know, that's crazy. So I wanted to share that because, you know, maybe some of you uh, go to work and you're like, how in the world am I supposed to, you know, make proselytes? Well, work is like prime proselyte property. There we go. Prime proselyte property. Boom. P3. Okay, probably need to work on that acronym. But anyway, you can make proselytes at work by just sharing something like that. Did you know one of the most saved and holiest people in the world who carried the ark died and went to hell? And they're like, why? Well, let me tell you. And just give them a little 30-second boom. You know, anyway. So, will you be encouraged the P Legion? Because, you know, we're headed towards the three weeks. And one of the things that we're going to have to do is what we're seeing in this parsha Today, as we read about what Moshe and Aharon do in the midst of what just happened yesterday. Like, now the rest of Israel is, like, going off. And it's just like, guys... Did no one pay attention to yesterday's dropout, like cell reception, like people screaming, falling into hell, like nobody heard that? Okay. Anyway, so without further ado, let's get into the fourth aliyah, shall we? The fourth reading begins in the Art Scroll Humash, page 829. We are beginning in chapter 17, verse 9. It says, Vaidaber Adonai El Moshe Lemor Haromu Mitok. Oh, that's that's Ivrit. Let's let's do English. Can we do English? I, I I would love to do Hebrew. But yeah, all right, let's do English. Adonai spoke to Moshe saying, Remove yourselves from the from this assembly, and I shall destroy them in an instant. They fell on their faces. Moshe said to Aharon. Take the fire pan and put fire. Take the fire pan and put on it fire from upon the altar and place incense and take it quickly to the assembly and provide atonement for them, for the fury has gone out from the presence of Adonai. The plague has begun. So, real quick, in the uh, verse 6 talking about the people saying you've killed. I want to read this real quick. I know it's not part of the Aliyah, but just a swerve. It says, you've killed, i.e. you've caused them to die. You know, this is the accusation brought down by Ankelos. Check this out. Moshe had told, Moshe had not told the people that God had ordered the rebels to offer the incense that resulted in their deaths. They assumed that the incense offering was Moshe's own idea and that he knew it would cause them to die. If so, the people complained he should have chosen a non-lethal means to prove his veracity. 
I just want to point out that the people were like, could we choose something that's a little less on the death scale for proving who's like legit and who's not? Like, why we got to go all the way to this could kill you just to prove that, you know, you're legit and the other person's not or vice versa. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just kind of like if you're really going to complain understand the weight of that understand the severity of that you know it's just kind of like korak knew you can't challenge hashem and expect to shut hashem down you know i mean it's like you're it's suicide basically so suicidal point i just wanted to pull that down and uh share that but back to our reading so verse 12 Aharon took as Moshe has spoken and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague had begun among the people. He placed the incense and provided atonement for. Okay, who did this? Aharon and Moshe, right? So it says he placed the incense, which Aharon is the one who is the he in this verse. Mm -hmm. He placed the incense and provided atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was checked. Those who died in the plague were 14,700. Aside from those who died because of the affair of Korak. Aharon returned to Moshe at the entrance of the tent of assembly, and the plague had been checked. Verse 15 is the end of our reading today. Baruch HaShem. So, I want to start out with something here because we're talking about the incense, right? So, if you have your art scroll Sidur, okay, um, it says this in the page 30, if you're in the men's Sidur, if you're in the women's Sidur, find the first page for offerings. And if you'll look at the commentary on the offerings, this is what it says. Abraham asked how asked God how Israel would achieve forgiveness when the temple would lie in ruins and they could no longer offer sacrifices. Now remember the sacrifices themselves is not really what brings the atonement or the forgiveness. It's literally Hashem. But the the offerings are a means of drawing near to Hashem and the verbal confession, the teshuva that we talked about yesterday. So the sacrifice is a picture of the words that we're expressing. So, just to point that out, but going on, God replied, when Yisrael recites the scriptural order of the offerings, I will consider it as if they had brought the sacrifices and I will forgive their sins. That is from Megillah 31a, Ta'anit 27b. So, one of the things that's going on with, you know, the, the pandemic and things like that, and, um, you know, apparently there's spiking cases and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, what, what can we do about it, regardless of whatever the actual stats are? Because, I mean, it's, it's a mix of there's real stuff going on. People are really getting sick. But then there's lots of media hype. There's lots of conspiracies that we don't ever get into. Baruch Hashem. 
there's also just manipulation and people power hungry and wanting to, you know, do destructive stuff, which we talked about what that is all about yesterday. But the point is when we actually recite the incense part of the sacrifices, we actually halt the plague. So I don't know if anyone has watched the COVID response that Rabbi Griffin did uh, back earlier this year, but uh, like when COVID-19 first showed up. But if you if you could go back and watch that because he brings down a special thing that we can add to our Corbinot prayers that will bring forth healing, not only to our nation, our communities, but also to the world. Because remember, Lepi, we are global. So we have a global effect with anything that we do, which I think is amazing. And so in today's reading, we're seeing that the very thing that actually halts and checks a plague is the very thing that's being despised. Everyone's like, no, the incense can't save nobody. No, the incense kills everybody. And furthermore, Aharon, we don't like you anyway. But to my point that I was bringing up earlier about as we head into the three weeks and as we need to look out for each other and we need to focus on not being the best but putting ourselves beneath other people so that everybody gets lifted up. Because did you know, if you descend to lift up someone, if you lay down your honor, if you lay down your talents and your prides and your gifts for the sake of helping and investing in other people, did you know not only does the person or whoever the receiving party of that is get lifted, but you also get lifted. You know, this is why Mashiach was able to descend from the throne of Hashem, come down here and be among us and lift us up and then ascend back so that we could what be seated with him in the heavenlies before he did that. We were not going to be seated with him in the heavenlies. I know that may sound a little crazy, but it's true. He lowered himself so that he could grab a hold of us so that where he ascends, we will be able to ascend. That's why Shaul Hashliach, Paul the Apostle, writes that if we suffer with him, then we will also reign with him. That's how that whole thing plays out. And that's actually a part of the last parasha in Vayikra, Bechukotai, talking about the substitution offerings, that the substitution and the previous offering were actually both going to be elevated. So that's, that's something that we need to do for the whole entire world because we don't know when Mashiach is coming, but we can always be ready and prepared. And we need to have at least one, if not a hundred, eleven thousand more other people with us ready for Mashiach. So I've titled today's uh, teaching Unleash the Karakin, which is kill or repentance. Triple entendre, kill or repentance, because the incense killed the person who was not repentant and this plague that goes out was like the Kraken got unleashed, you know, like it for the pirates, people pirates of the Caribbean, very, very traumatic scene. When you hear unleash the Kraken, it's like, Oh gosh, what's going to happen? You know? And again, yesterday, a lot of stuff happened and these people did not get enough. They just won't stop. Won't stop till they get enough. 
But I want to point out, first of all, that I'm going to be in the Midrash says. Today's going to be Midrash heavy. Midrash says, page 235, Parshat It says, the Ketoret evokes the presence of the Shekinah. Okay? Remember in uh, Parshat Karimot, where Hashem says, I appear in the cloud above the ark? And specifically, Yom Kippur stuff. So when the ketoret, the incense, is burned to enter into the Holy of Holies, that creates the body of the manifestation of Hashem. That's right. The ketoret represents the body that Hashem can manifest in. That's how amazing the ketoret is. So that's the first thing. But I want to go back to 233 because we need to get we need to survey the scene. So it says the morning after the death of Korok and his 250 men, an atmosphere of shock and depression prevailed. B'nai Yisrael had lost many of their great people, among them members of the Sanhedrin. Turning to Moshe and Aharon, the Jews accused them. Now, I'm going to switch over to Legends of the Jews, but I just want to point out why we're accusing the people who were on their faces yesterday and why we're accusing the people who are on their faces today. Did not Korok and his whole entourage, did they not go around all angry with torches and pitchforks trying to stone Moshe and Aharon and feeding everybody cake and whining and dining everybody all night? Was it, was it not them? That brought all this home? Because Moshe and Aharon have been chilling. But Cousin Corey was over here getting turned up. So it's just kind of like, we need to make sure the right party is being addressed. So anyway, uh, Legends of the Jews, I have the digital version. So it is page 1707. But it says, when Moshe saw that there was, the, that there was wrath gone out when the Kraken got unleashed from Hashem... It says the plague was begun. He called to Aharon. He called Aharon to him, Slika, saying, Take the censer and put fire therein from off the altar and lay incense thereupon. I.e., Aharon, get the Ketorit. Aharon's like, uh, What does he say? He says this. It says, uh, it goes into the, the remedy that the the angel of death told Moshe this on the mountain. So this is why Moshe told Aaron to do this. Uh, it says, Moshe, in applying this remedy, had in mind also the purpose of showing the people the injustice of their superstition concerning the offering of the Ketorit. So they called it death-bearing. They called it death-torit because it had brought death upon Nadav and Avihu, as well as the 250 followers of Korak, he now wished to convince them that it was this very incense that also prevents the plague and to teach them that it is sin that brings death. Hold on to sin that brings death. Best right Hashem, we can do that. I see I'm already out of time. But it says, Aaron, however, did not know why he employed incense and therefore he said to Moshe, here's Aaron. He's like, you told me to go get the Ketorit. Listen, Moshe. He says, Oh, my Lord Moshe, has thou perchance my death in view? He's like, Hey, you trying to kill me, bro? 
Trying to kill me? Cuz tried to kill us. Now you trying to kill me? Come on, man. He says, my sons. This is like too soon, Moshe. My sons just got killed by this. Now you want me to do it? Too soon. He says, uh, shall I now fetch the holy fire from the altar and carry it outside? Surely I shall meet death through this fire. Moshe replied, go quickly. Just don't worry about it. Uh, go quickly and do as I have bidden thee. For while thus dost stand and speakest and talks, they die. Speaking of Israel. Says, our own hastened to carry out the command given to him, saying, Even if it be my death, I obey gladly, if I can only serve Israel thereby. I.e., not my will be done, but your will be done. Remember, speaking to Moshe is like speaking to Hashem. So if Moshe was commanding it, it was like Hashem was commanding it. So Aharon in his mind said, Hashem wants me to go die. He says, here's this cup. I need you to drink it. Aharon's like, I don't want to drink that cup, but nevertheless, not my will, yours. Where have we seen that before? Garden of Gethsemane much? Anyway, Akidah moment for Aharon today. All right. says, the angel of death had meanwhile wrought terrible havoc among the people, like a reaper mowing down line after line of them. That had to be crazy. It says, allowing not one of the line he touched to escape, whereas on the other hand, not a single man died before he reached the row in which the man stood. Aharon, censor in hand, now appeared. He's like, you remember how Thor came into Wakanda? That was like Aharon showing up with the guitar. It was like, bring me death. You know, and he was just like, I'm going to stop this thing. Best right of shim. Uh, anyway, goes on to say, and he stood up between the ranks of the living and those dead, holding the angel of death at bay. Yes, holding the angel of death. That agent which kills mortal man, Aharon grabbed a hold of it and was like, stop. We're done. That's enough. And he's, so that's ridiculous, right? Okay, it says, The latter now addressed our own saying, Leave me to my work. Boy, get your hands off me. He says, For I have been sent to do it by God, whereas you bid me to stop in the name of a creature that's only flesh and blood. Boy, you better recognize. Our own did not, however, yield, but said... Moshe acts only as God commands him, and if you will not trust him, behold, God and Moshe are both in the tabernacle. Hey, let's take a walk. I don't know about you, but telling the angel of death, let's take a walk, put your hands behind your back, watch your head, we're going into the Ohel Moet. They took the angel of death to the Ohel Moet, locked homeboy up. The other people that got killed by the plague, according to some sources, namely uh, this Midrash says, that uh, once the angel of death was locked up and wouldn't be let out, then the people who got killed by him were actually able to raise back up. So that's ridiculous. So resurrection moment. So with the two minutes I got left, I want to bring this down about the wages of sin. Because this is our Romans 6. The Agarit, the letters to the Romans 6, uh, verse 22 through 23. But now, having been set free from sin and having become enslaved to God, 
you have your fruit resulting in holiness and the outcome is eternal life. For sin's payment is death, but God's gracious gift is eternal life in Mashiach Yeshua, our Lord. Want you to note that the whole talk that the Ketorit brings death, it's like, no, the Ketorit's not what brings death, it is the sin. So Baal HaTurim on Bami Bar 17.12, cross-referencing Shemot 30 verse 35, he says this, Moshe responded, see that the Ketorit does not cause death. On the contrary, it brings life. As it is said, he placed incense and provided atonement for the people. Bami Bar 17, 12. As it is written, the handiwork of an ex or the handiwork of a perfumer thoroughly mixed, pure and holy. Rather, it is the sin that causes death. So that is our time for today. But there's a lot more to get into. So Bezrat Hashem, I want to cover some more in depth on the Ketorit. But I just want to point out that the very thing that people think kill you actually is what heals you. That is the Torah. The Ketorit is a part of the Torah. It is the actual offering that brings atonement and deliverance from sin. It also heals from disease and plague. So we'll talk about that. Bezrat Hashem a little bit more tomorrow. So Tadarabah for joining me today. You know, I want to always get to a bunch of insights, but today, you know, it just seemed like, you know, can we do some life lesson? Can we do some practical kind of bring everything down a little bit and really focus on transforming the world? Because we can have insight on insight and insight with insight, talking about insight. But if we don't ever do anything that infuses that into creation, we're wasting time. And praying for Mashiach is just useless because why pray for him if we're not making straight paths for him we have to do that through the ketorah we have to do that through people who scream and yell at us and be like i can't believe you do that torah stuff that's wrong the word of god will kill you it's a burden blah 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 and it's like no this actually brings you healing i know you don't get it right now but i'm here for you and you have no judgment to this person, but you're praying for them, you're interceding for them, and you're continuing to live a Torah life in the face of people who try to shut that down. That's what infuses redemption and renewal into the world. And if we pray these Ketorah prayer, like we Bezrat Hashem do every single day, at least twice a day, we will bring healing to the world plagues and sicknesses and disease and famines across the world will be checked and halted. So Lapid Legion, may we rise up. May we be like Aharon holding the Ketorit and may Hashem honor the words of our lips and may Hashem help us to transform the world and bring about the final redemption with Mashiach Yeshua. Please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, send Mashiach now. Kili Shuateka Kiviti Hashem Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai End of our Aliyah today. We're out of time, but definitely never out of content with the help of Hashem. And everyone have a wonderful uh, day if you're just getting started. For those of you who are ending your day, have a wonderful night. Alila Tov to you. So Shalom, everyone. Many blessings. Go transform the world. Go put the incense out there and let's light it up. Shalom.